Welcome, welcome to Fashion Love Stories with Susanna Galanis. I'm a jewelry designer and New Yorker and I'm here to share with you my stories. Fashion, passion, love, history, ancient Greek and current, art, cinema, music, poetry, etc, etc. I have so many interests, cooking, traveling, so much, so much to share, so I can't wait. This podcast is sponsored to you by Susanna Galani Jewelry, Age of Gods. Please visit at www.susannagalanis.com. Before we begin, my darlings, I wanted to remind you that in most of my podcasts, there is more than one segment and uh, usually there is a bonus or two at the very end. So please make sure you listen the podcast until the end. Although I may say this is it, end of story, etc, etc. There is a surprise bonus uh, coming up. So please uh, listen until the end. Thank you. Okay, the thrilling stories uh, continue. The thrillers. Okay, here we have two thrilling stories uh, happening, my darlings. Uh, oh, the anticipation. The mystery. The thrill. Old Hollywood, uh, new United States of America. We're having the elections and um, a story here, a thrilling story by uh, Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, It's called Marnie. So two situations are going on, okay? The anticipation, the anticipation. Okay, so um, the drama. Okay, so while we are waiting for uh, the drama of the American elections to unfold and eventually to make some sort of um, story out of this and uh, write some history uh, based on uh, what is going on these days historically, because this is like a movie now, this is like a plot, uh, a mysterious plot, a thriller. Okay, so we're going to leave this aside and focus on... um, on the anticipation of another uh, uh, story of uh, Marnie. Uh, It was a a thriller of a story and at the end, uh, all the barriers, all the darkness, all the uh, uh, shields that uh, the people had, they all fell and uh, the truth and uh, the true love, the true love uh, showed up and uh, made uh, history. Love uh, is historical, it's epic. Uh, this is the movie, this is uh, the story of this podcast, my darlings, about all Hollywood and unconditional love and um, yes, uh, hopefully you're going to enjoy it. Okay, 
Gaze soundtrack by Bernard Herrmann. It's the morning after the election and uh, it's uh, Wednesday, November 4th. Um, 7.10 in the morning. Uh, the results uh, have not been uh, determined yet of the uh, election and uh, it's nerve-wracking to a lot of people including me. So what can I do? I have to escape. Uh, one of my favorite uh, places to escape is history of course and I go back. Uh, most of the time is ancient Greece and um, also sometimes is uh, old Hollywood. Um, Another facet of me is uh, the movies, uh, Hollywood and uh, especially the older movies. Uh, I'm fascinated with the 1950s, 60s, 70s, uh, very retro, very classic, beautiful um, cinema and um, this is the place that I go to escape, escape the harshness of uh, our days. Um, and the drama and the trauma. Uh, I'm looking for other types of drama, more elegant, <laughs> more romantic, uh, okay? <laughs> so in yesterday's podcast, with, which I uploaded, um, please see my previous podcast, I was talking about uh, French, uh, compo- a French composer and uh, two of my favorite movies, romantic movies of all times, and in one of the segments I was mentioning about uh, the list of uh, 100 great American romantic films of all times according to the American um, Film Institute okay it's AFI 100 years of passions, romantic films. So I'm going to give you the list here and uh, hopefully this list uh, will inspire you to revisit some of those uh, times and uh, beautiful scenarios and uh, beautiful pictures and uh, take you away from whatever it is you want to be taken away from. So I'm going to give you 100. So. Good luck. I hope you enjoy some of them and I would love to hear from you if uh, any of these movies uh, are your favorites and uh, any of these movies inspired you. Uh, After all, uh, they're all here. They are love stories uh, and they're here to give us uh, messages and uh, some uh, lessons for us to learn and uh, go on they're like uh, another version of the greek uh, mythological stories that i give you obviously these are also mythologies in most cases uh, and uh, they're here to teach us a lesson this is our modern day mythology my darling so this is why i love it so much uh, because i always love to go back and learn uh, from uh, past uh, lessons and uh, mythological stories and tales and legends and in general uh, what our uh, ancestors uh, current or ancient uh, left uh, for us okay number one Casablanca 1942 Gone with the Wind 1939 West Side Story 1961 
Roman Holiday 1953 An Affair to Remember 1957 The Way We Were 1973 Dr. Zivago 1965 It's a Wonderful Life 1946 Love Story 1970 City Lights 1931 Any Hall 1977 My Fair Lady 1964 Out of Africa 1985 The African Queen 1951 Withering Heights 1939 Singing in the Rain 1952 Moonstruck 1987 Vertigo 1958 Ghost 1990 From Here to Eternity 1953 Pretty Woman 1990 On Golden Pond 1981 Now Voyager 1942 Okay so coffee break and I'll be right back Okay King Kong 1936 No I'm sorry 1933 When Harry Met Sally 1989 The Lady Eve 1941 The Sound of Music 1965 A Shop Around the Corner 1940 An Officer and a Gentleman 1982 Swing Time 1936 The King and I 1956 Dark Victory 1939 Camille 1937 Beauty and the Beast 1991 Gigi 1958 Random Harvest 1942 Titanic 1997 It happened one night 1934 An American in Paris 1951 Ninochka 1939 Funny Girl 1968 Anna Karenina one of my all-time favorites 1935 A Star is Born 1954 The Philadelphia Story 1940 Sleepless in Seattle 1993 and here's one of my all-time favorites To Catch a Thief 1955 Splendor in the Grass 1961 1972 The Postman Always Rings Twice 1946 Shakespeare in Love 1998 uh, Bringing Up Baby 1938 The Graduate 1967 A Place in the Sun 1951 Sabrina 1954 Reds 1981 The English Patient Another Beauty 1996 Two for the Road 1967 Guess Who's Coming to Dinner 1967 Picnic 1955 To Have and Have Not 1944 Breakfast at Tiffany's Another diamond of a movie, 1961, The Apartment, 1960, 
Sunrise 1927, Marty 1955, Bonnie and Clyde, I loved it, 1967, Manhattan 1971, What's Up Duck, 1937. Jezebel, 1938, The Sheik, 1921, the Unbearable Lightness of Being, 1988. The Princess Bride, 1987. Who is Afraid of Virginia Woolf, 1966. The Bridges of Madison County, 1995. Working Girl, 1988. Porgy and Bess, 1959. Dirty Dancing, 1987, Pilot Talk uh, 1959, Jerry Maguire 1996, and these are the top 100 according to the American Film Institute. Uh, and I would add one more. There are so many, so many, and I would talk to you about all my favorite movies. But another movie is more current that I really loved, and it was an amazing romantic movie. It was Mr. and Mrs. Smith with Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt. And I think it was about 10 years ago. I loved that movie. So anyway, going back to this uh, list, uh, tell me, which ones, which ones are your favorites? I have my own. I mentioned some of them, but... Um, there are so many and uh, we have a list here of um, uh, places to go, okay? Escaping, uh, escaping, uh, escaping the harsh reality. So, let's see, maybe, I don't know what I'm going to watch today, but definitely I'm going to make it a point. Um, a task because I love a, a lot of these movies and some of them I haven't seen to 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 watch and um, 
see what I can learn from this list, okay, darlings? I would love to hear from you and um, tell me what um, what is your favorite movie? Is it in this list? Is there anything that I should be asking? Uh, I should be adding? I'm asking you to to let me know, and then I will add it. I would like I would add it to the list, okay? So. I'm going to end here and uh, continue later on with maybe a, a bonus, we'll see. Movie time, Alfred Hitchcock. What else can I do? It's so boring, waiting for the elections to happen. Anyway, here is uh, Alfred Hitchcock in the movie Marnie. I am Alfred Hitchcock and I would like to tell you about my latest motion picture Marnie, which will be coming to this theater soon. Marnie is a very difficult picture to classify. It is not psycho, nor do we have a horde of birds flapping about and pecking at people willy-nilly. We do have two very interesting human specimens, a man and a woman. One might call Marnie a sex mystery, that is, if one used such words. But it is more than that. Perhaps the best way to tell you about the picture is to show you a few scenes. This is Mark coming down the stairs... That's Sean Connery. ...outside Philadelphia. He is a thoughtful man, dark and brooding. He is, in a sense, a hunter. And this is what he is hunting. Marnie. Seeing her in her mother's modest house, one wonders how two such different people could cross paths. It was certainly not Marnie's idea. Marnie was going about her own business. Tippy Hill then. Happy, happy, happy. She was a thief. Life comes Mark. But a psycho thief. What to make of Marnie? She does seem a rather excitable type. What would account for this? Very mysterious and dangerous. He falls in love with her. Her umbrella. Sean Connery. The colors. Stop the colors. What colors? She had flashbacks. Far deeper. And this is the problem which Mark must probe. But first, something must be done to calm this girl. Our hero applies mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. But that may give you the impression this picture is all sex and no mystery. Not so at all. Here, for example... Major mystery. To, uh, I'm not sure who, actually. But he she had a past. A past she seems to be denying. But Mark, Sean Connery, he was so obsessed with her anyway. Spirit of investigation. And this, here is further proof that Marnie is a talking picture. You don't love me. I'm just something you've caught. You think I'm some kind of animal you've trapped. That's right, you are. And I've caught something really wild this time, haven't I? I've tracked you and caught you, and by God, I'm going to keep you. That should be quite enough. 
if you wish to hear more you will have to buy a ticket that's right so this is the movie there are times when i'm not sure i don't think that was necessary actually i think i should withhold comment since i'm not certain i understand this scene i shall leave the explanation to your own vivid imagination what was a sex scene it would appear that mark has a single solution for all problems this is not so mark is a complex man dark and forbidding he can also be kind and considerate and he is also a troubled man troubled because he cannot seem to unravel the mystery of the girl called Marnie. Okay, this is the uh, end of the introduction uh, but uh, I'm going to tell you more about uh, Marnie and the story I am so um, surprised that I missed this movie because I'm obsessed with both uh, Sean Connery and uh, Alfred Hitchcock so I'm really totally surprised so I was able to watch this movie this afternoon and uh, what can I say I'm speechless it's one of my favorites up there with uh, Rear Window, Vertigo, The Birds and uh, To Catch a Thief all these top movies that I love and um, plus the James Bond movies by Sean Connery uh, everything is together and uh, if you combine everything together that I love you get this movie so it was really beautiful uh, movie uh, very suspenseful very cool uh, beautiful people uh, beautiful wardrobe uh, beautiful houses classic the cocktails the dresses the hairdos um, the silhouettes the wardrobe um, the men uh, Sean Connery gorgeous so clean and gorgeous and classic um, beautiful um, these are my type of movies and um, I'll tell you a little bit all about the plot okay so if you have the chance to watch it uh, because it's really cool it's a sex mystery Sus suspenseful okay it's uh, called Marnie and um, it's um, the, uh, the people that play the two lead uh, characters uh, are Sean Connery uh, and T.P. Hedren okay it was made in 1964 and it's uh, labeled a psychological thriller because it dips uh, it, it dips in uh, the human uh, psychology and the psyche and uh, the suppression and uh, what uh, we we hide uh, as children and um, it's still there suppressed and it manifests in in other areas of our lives and our behavior and our relationships and uh, our psyche and uh, our happiness in general our, our issues so 
so there's something very important in this film that uh, is bringing that to our attention and that was in 1964 so I believe it was one of the original films that uh, was able to bring such um, necessary subjects for people to know and to expose all these issues of uh, human behavior and, and human trauma so definitely deals a lot with suppression of emotions and hidden emotions which is uh, very common uh, everybody has those uh, some people more than others but definitely we had uh, exposures and experiences that um, affected us uh, in our adult lives and um, sometimes we do and sometimes we do not know what the issues are but um, uh, sometimes it manifests in other ways so in this case uh, um, in the uh, women's um, character uh, that was uh, acted by T.P. Hedron uh, a lot of these emotions and uh, fears and reactions and um, uh, so many other relationship issues um, were manifesting because of something that happened when she was very young so this is the entire uh, message of the story but it's also the story about love because Sean Connery um, loved her so much he was obsessed with her and he was uh, unconditionally there with her regardless of her uh, past and her issues and he helped her and this is the magnificence of the story and uh, the romantic part and um, he was his her savior and uh, but he stood by there by her and this was amazing how from day one he 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 did not see any negative uh, aspects of her because he loved her so much and uh, it was so unconditional his love and how he took care of her and how he loved her and um, I'll tell you all about the end. Okay, so Marnie, a 1964 psychological thriller film directed by the famous Alfred Hitchcock. Okay, so we will go more into Alfred Hitchcock's uh, movies because I love, um, I love him as a director. He's one of my favorites. Um, okay, so the plot, uh, Marion, uh, that's the leading uh, female character uh, played by T.P. Hedron, um, Marion Holland. Uh, she charmed uh, Sidney uh, Strat. Sidney Strat. He was a business person um, and she was looking for a job. So she was a beautiful, cool, blonde, uh, classical uh, Hitchcock uh, character because he always had these ladies, uh, the cool blondes. Uh, that's what he's known for. So, so Marion goes to Sidney's company and she uh, charmed him into giving her a job. Okay. As a head of uh, tax consulting company he was the head of a tax consulting company and um, she charmed him into hiring her without any references because she did not have any references she was a con artist and she was stealing that's what she was doing and I'll tell you all about it why she was doing that because of this childhood issues that she had so some months later she steals nearly ten thousand dollars so sub that was in 1964 it was a big sum of money uh, from the safe um, of the company and flees. 
she, cha- she changed her appearance and her identity because she was uh, a professional thief. Her, name, her, her real name was Margaret Edgar, but her nickname was Marnie. So Marnie, that's the name of the movie as well, Marnie. So she travels to Virginia where she, she stables a horse named Forio. Now, uh, she fell in love with this horse and that was her obsession. She was so good and so loving to this horse and um, everything else she had no love for everybody else, okay? So she visited her invalid mother, Bernice. Uh, and um, uh, Bernice was cool. Uh, they had this dysfunctional relationship. She was a crippled uh, woman and very unemotional. And um, there was something wrong with her. And, uh, and uh, Marnie was obsessed with uh, receiving attention from her cool and uh, hurtless mother. Okay, so she was always trying to, to, to tell her mother how much, show her mother how good she was, and she was taking care of her mother, and she wanted to win the mother's affection and love, uh, but she never, she did not get it, so she, she was always missing it, and the more she was not getting the love from her cold-hearted mother, the more she would be obsessed, and so on and so on. That was her main obsession, to, to get, uh, to, uh, to, to win her mother's love, okay? So Sean Connery, uh, his uh, character's name was uh, Mark uh, Rutland. Uh, he's at his best in this film. Uh, he was a very young, uh, wealthy widower. So we're talking about 1960s. So he was in his probably early 30s. Um, so very sexy, gorgeous, good looking, the classical uh, Sean Connery look that we all know from the uh, James Bond 007 uh, secret agent uh, characters that he was playing. Uh, he was a wealthy widower who was uh, who was who owned a publishing company in Philadelphia. Very wealthy, upscale com- uh, family with a mansion and everything. So he meets with uh, Strat. Uh, that's the name that Marnie, uh, the name of the boss uh, that uh, Marnie was working, and she stole uh, money from him. So he lear- he learns about the robbery when it happened, and um, some some months later, Marnie, she was looking for different uh, jobs to steal different money from different companies. So she changed her name, her identity, and she applied for Marks, uh, Sean Connery's uh, company, uh, and he hired her, uh, and he also recognized her. While working a uh, weekend overtime with Mark, Marnie had a panic attack uh, during a thunderstorm. That was a trigger for her. Anytime there was a thunderstorm, every, every time she would see the color red, she would freak out and had a panic attack. Um, and that was a very important uh, topic of these uh, characters, uh, flows and uh, issues. Um, he fell in love with her so he 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 initially he, he he kissed her at that time when she was scared he tried to take care of her so that was the very first time they worked together um after that they began seeing each other socially um, mm, uh, he learned eventually that uh, marnie suffered from bad dreams nightmares and uh, her triggers and the huge emotional reactions that she had. Uh, This is the drama of the movie. 
It was very sad actually to see her being so affected and so helpless and hopeless, so damaged. Okay, soon after, uh, Marnie steals money from Mark's company now and flees again, okay? That was her style. Uh, Mark tracked her down to the stable where she kept her horse, Forio. Um, unexpectedly, and this is the twist of the story, he blackmailed her into marrying him. Okay? Uh, Mark had a sister-in-law, uh, the, the sister of his late wife, her name was Lil, and she was obsessed with him because he was so gorgeous and she wanted him as a husband after her sister passed away. Uh, she was so in love with him. Um, so Lil uh, was living at the mansion of the family because uh, she was living there with her sister while her sister was alive, um, Sean Connery's first wife. So they all lived there. So when she passed away, she stayed away. She stayed uh, at the house, uh, at the mansion with the whole family, and she was trying to get now Mark, uh, Sean Connery, to marry her. Uh, so she was uh, there uh, when uh, Marnie was there as well. So... Um, she started to suspect her uh, because she would see a lot of things uh, about the issues that she had, Marnie, okay? So, after, she, uh, after he confronted her, he asked her to marry her by, he, he blackmailed her into marrying her. So on their honeymoon cruise, uh, Marnie, uh, is repulsed by any physical intimacy with Mark, okay? She, she wanted nothing to do. Uh, Mark initially respected her wishes, but then he forced her, uh, sex on her. Um, the next morning, she attempted to drown herself in the ship's swimming pool, but Mark saved her. So this is how affected she was, okay? She was really bad. Um, so... She was telling Mark all along uh, that her mother, she had no mother, but Lila, the sister-in-law, she found out that her mother was still alive and she was living in Baltimore. So Mark hired a private detective to investigate um, Marnie's mother and her past and uh, um, he wanted to know everything about her. Meanwhile, Lila, the sister-in-law, overhears Mark telling um, Marnie that he has paid off um, everybody on her behalf because he didn't want her to be in trouble, trouble all the people that uh, she stole in the past. Um, so at one point, uh, things were, get, were getting slightly better, not too much. Uh, Lil mischievously uh, invited Strat, the boss that initially uh, Marnie had, and she stole the $10,000, and uh, there were uh, business associates with Mark, her husband, uh, so Strutt came uh, with his wife to a big party at uh, the mansion, uh, and he recognized Marnie. But Mark persuaded him to say nothing, uh, um, and he, he was trying to reimburse him. Uh, so Mark uh, brings Forio because he loved uh, Marnie so much, he brought, uh, to surprise her, he brought her horse to their estate. Um, and that uh, was very pleasing to Marnie because she loved that horse. Uh, during a fox hunt, uh, Forio bolts. Uh, after a wild gallop, Fario, 
Forio misses a jump and he broke a leg and he was lying on the ground, on the ground screaming with pain. Marnie frantically runs to a nearby house and manages to obtain a gun and shoots her horse in order to relieve him from the pain. Uh, crazed with grief, Marnie goes home where she finds the keys to Mark's office and uh, she intended again to go and rob his uh, his safe and, and, and leave him because she had no feelings for him. No, no, no desire. Okay, she was so cold and emotion emotionless. Um, so Mark uh, was following her when she went to steal his money and um, well she was there she was trying to take the money but she couldn't she was unable to grab the money because she was fighting with herself and she was uh, I guess she started having feelings for Mark now and she didn't want to do that so she was trying so hard to grab the money but she couldn't uh, so Mark was uh, behind her and uh, he was witnessing the whole thing and he said go ahead take it take it and she said no I can't I can't anyways so um he eventually uh forces her to to uh, to to visit her mother in baltimore and to confront her and uh, extract the truth about marnie's past what made her so damaged and so reactive to certain situations and certain behaviors and certain fears and uh, she was so cold she did not have any intimacy with anybody so and she was always reacting to a thunderstorm. Uh, she definitely had a lot of issues. So when they arrived in Baltimore, uh, it was a thunderstorm uh, at the scene. It was very romantic and very, not romantic, I wouldn't say romantic, but very dramatic and very charged with a thunderstorm uh, in, in the background. Um, so this is uh, the end of the movie where the final scene, uh, Mark um, and uh, Marnie, um, we're told that uh, her mother was a prostitute and uh, Marnie was suppressing all these memories and all of a sudden they resurfaced. So when she was a child, um, one of her mother's uh, men that they were visiting her for uh, sex, uh, her client, um, try to uh, to to calm uh, the little girl uh, because she was uh, awakened from her bed and she was uh, made to to sleep in a couch uh, in the middle of the night when the mother had a had a client she, they wanted to use the bed so uh, Marnie was frightened in the middle of the night and she was very scared and she was all alone and she saw that big man and with her mother and she had no idea what was happening so she was very much frightened and she started screaming so the man comes out and he started to confront her to hug her okay uh, because um, yes so uh, when her mother saw that he was touching Marnie she misunderstood she thought he was trying to molest her but uh, um, he was just trying to calm her down so they started having this uh, fight the man and the mother and she fell on the floor and she injured her leg so she was disabled afterwards um, so Marnie at that time uh, she was very frightened um, and she attempted to protect her mother so she fight she fatally struck the man uh, the client um, with a in the head with a fireplace poker so so the man was killed 
she killed a man as, as a little girl. So the mother told the police that she herself had killed the man and um, you know to protect her little girl and to protect herself uh, and she prayed that Marnie her daughter would never remember that ugly scene but it was repressed again this is the message of this story of repressed memories so she was acting differently but she didn't know why she was acting all this we she was stealing and um, screaming and she hated a man and it was something so she um, According to the mother, she became pregnant as a very young girl, and the story is uh, she wanted, she was so infatuated with a young man, and she wanted his sweater, his college sweater, and he said, yes, I will have sex with you for the sweater. So the mother, she said yes, and um, he ended up abandoning her afterwards, but she got the sweater, and she got pregnant as well, but she kept the baby, because the baby, that was Marnie, and she loved her child very, very much, and she kept the child and this is where the love of the mother comes in and um, this is where uh, Marnie understands that her mother loved her after all and uh, although she was very cold she was not sane because she had so many issues herself as a woman and she was alone she ha she had issues to bring up her child she was disabled um, she had so many memories herself um, with everything that happened, so many repressed memories and unrepressed memories and nightmares of that scene. It was not an easy time for the mother to deal with all this that had happened and also to deal with the child and everything else. So she was very cold, uh, but at the end she loved her daughter. And in the movie also she was babysitting a child, a, a young blonde child that uh, she reminded her so much of her little girl. And this is where she was giving so much attention to the little girl trying to make up of the attention that she never gave her daughter when she was younger so at the end um, uh, Marnie understood uh, the reason uh, and all of the repressed memories came up to the surface again I'm uh, emphasizing the repressed memories so I think this is the end of the story, my darlings. Uh, Marnie asks uh, Mark's help uh, and uh, he promised to be there for her and um, they left holding each other closely and um, we assume that they lived happily ever after. So that was the movie Marnie and uh, Alfred Hitchcock was a genius in suspense and uh, psychology and human uh, psyche and uh, here I'm going to have to tell you my own interpretation of this movie and uh, what I saw, the facets that I saw of this diamond of a story, of this uh, beautiful story, very sexy, gorgeous, of course the sex and the uh, anticipation and um, the tension uh, between the two it was uh, very intense okay so definitely he fell in love with her the first uh, time he saw her and uh, this was one type of love uh, there are several types of love that uh, I noticed in this film uh, the most important one was the obsessive love that uh, Sean Connery, Mark, uh, had for Marnie, uh, and um, he may have sensed she was the one, or he may have sensed 
sense that she's the wild one, the most unattainable one, and he liked the challenge. And that's very typical of male uh, behavior to always get the unattainable female, okay? Um, so more challenge. It was an extreme challenge for her. So that was the obsessive love um, that we saw. Also, the love of the, the parental, the obsession that uh, Marnie had with her mother and um, the desire to be loved because that's a very important love that we need. It's very essential. It's a very important need for us, okay? So the parental love also is essential. Uh, Another love was the love that she had for her horse. She was obsessed about that horse and the horse loved her as well. So the animal love that we have, uh, it's very sweet. Uh, it's very endearing and I think it saved her because she was uh, so tormented with all the psychological issues that she had and uh, the love that she received from the horse, it was very pure and very soothing. Okay, what other love was it? Yes, the love for, for the self, okay? That is a very important, um, the most important love. Uh, and um, we have to love ourselves. We have to look inside. We have to take care of ourselves. We have to heal uh, all, uh, all, uh, all of our hidden uh, dark uh, shaded areas of ourselves. We have to to, to enlighten them and uh, deal with them and um, not allow ourselves to suffer as much uh, because at the end we end up being uh, uh, suffering and, um, and the pain and that we inflict upon ourselves and uh, so many issues are happening and so much uh, drug addiction and uh, um, alcoholism and uh, gambling and shopping and all these uh, negative uh, um, behavior that uh, are very toxic for our uh, psyche so we have to heal ourselves another uh, very important uh, uh, part of ourselves that we have to heal and it was shown by Mr. Hitchcock in a very uh, indirect way but it was uh, very important uh, the little girl was not, th was not there by accident okay the mother was healing herself by relieving those moments where she 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 had the chance to to take care of this little girl and uh, babysit her and to love her because she was missing so much the love that she did not uh, give to her daughter and i guess i guess she wanted to to uh, express it one way or another and her little daughter now was no longer little and she was missing this time of her life and uh, and the love that she felt uh, as a mother to, to give to, to, to a young uh, girl, her daughter, but she did not, so she was replacing the daughter with someone else. Uh, that was very healing for her. Uh, um, we can always adapt this. Uh, if we missed something in our lives, we can always replace that person. The most important part also that we can heal is our inner child and um, I only found uh, about that recently while I was uh, studying uh, psychology and human behavior and healing and uh, uh, 
uh, evolving uh, in the best way possible and cleansing ourselves of all the dark uh, and shaded areas and all the toxicity that is hidden whether it's psychological uh, or whether it's physical so it's the same thing so we have to um, look at uh, the inner child in us uh, visualize uh, how we were uh, at that particular point in our lives where we may have felt uh, a pain or an injustice or, or a negative emotion a negative experience uh, an embarrassing maybe or uh, um, something that uh, was not very pleasant or, or we, we felt a loss we felt we felt certain insecurity and uh, we felt like uh, we missed a chance we can always revisit that uh, little child in us and heal it we can do this uh, it's called uh, quantum uh, it's a quantum tool for healing uh, by revisiting that uh, aspect of our younger self and uh, dealing with that certain issue and correct it heal it so we have to heal that inner child in us in order to become whole so all of ourselves can be meant together and no fractures so this is a very important love that we can give to ourselves um, okay so there was also the love of fashion at the end uh, the glamour okay so the women looked gorgeous and the men amazing sexy and gorgeous and everybody looked so chic and again fashion fashion is very important to live the glamorous life and to live a complete fulfilling life uh, this is an essential part uh, that uh, facet of uh, our lives uh, it's very important to have the looks and the beauty and the, to take care of ourselves and that goes back to the self-love obviously so it all ties up and uh, uh, all the faces are making this beautiful story and if I think of anything else I will uh, definitely add it up as an attachment to this but uh, definitely watch this movie and um, see uh, if we can uh, uh, learn uh, if, you, if there is anything else that you can learn from this uh, face set because all these amazing people all, all these storytellers whether they were ancient or contemporary or semi-contemporary uh, there was always a story uh, to be told so end of story darlings um, I really enjoyed this movie and I'm looking forward to re-watching some of the others but this one I haven't seen so it was uh, good timing uh, because it's taken away from uh, the trauma and the drama oh talking about drama I forgot I knew I wanted to tell you I knew that it was uh, the dramatic scene where she had to uh, shoot her beloved horse that was very sad and it was very typical of uh, Alfred Hitchcock, uh, there was also suspense and drama and um, tragedy, maybe something that um, very fearful, very uncomfortable in his uh, films and uh, kind of nightmarish, okay? And I'm going to end up with a quote uh, by him by saying, uh, quote, give them pleasure, the same pleasure they have when they wake up from a nightmare, end of quote. Um, and then uh, another quote is, um, 
the more successful the villain, the more successful the picture, end of quote. Um, and then uh, another one, uh, quote, uh, always make the audience suffer as much as possible. Uh, and one more, just because, just because I do that. Drama is life with the doll beads cut out. And another one, revenge is sweet and not fattening. So this is the irony uh, and uh, the dichotomy of uh, Alfred Hitchcock's uh, suspenseful uh, movies. And uh, he definitely has uh, a signature style, the way he tells his stories. And um, there's something that uh, catches your attention and, and it's intriguing. And the whole combination of uh, the beautiful people and uh, the style and uh, it's just so amazing his style so definitely if you haven't seen any of his movies please do and i'm going to come up with another podcast i don't know when maybe in the near future it all depends on my um uh, ideas uh, i have to be very spontaneous something has to click with me something has to come to me that i have i must i must talk about so um, I will, uh, I promise, uh, I will uh, uh, go over uh, another Alfred Hitchcock uh, movie and even his uh, biography and more of general information about him because, like I said, I love him. I love you too. Okay, that's it. Okay, darlings, it's the morning after. It's uh, Thursday, November 5th, and I'm having my cappuccino, my almond cappuccino. And um, I have a few more uh, thoughts. First of all, uh, today is November 5th, and uh, speaking about love and romance and unconditional love, which um, I'm going to speak to you about in this uh, bonus of a segment. Today's uh, my ex-boyfriend uh, Keith's uh, birthday. We were together for eight years, and he was—he uh, loved me unconditionally. He was he, a brilliant man, a very nice uh, experience in my life, and a very nice relationship and uh, romantic. And it was all that. Uh, it was beautiful, and I wish him all the best. We we broke up because we grew up apart. Uh, we grew apart, and. Uh, Anyway, um, there was a chance for us uh, to reconnect, but I I was already in love with someone else uh, years later that uh, he reappeared uh, and he begged me while having dinner in a New York restaurant somewhere. He was almost in tears that he wanted me to go back and... uh, he 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 took responsibility of um, his side of uh, the responsibility and of course i was irresponsible as well because it takes two to tango so in any case i was already in love with someone else so there goes the story with keith but <coughs> i still love him excuse me i love him unconditionally Okay, so the topic of this uh, last segment uh, 
is about unconditional love. Uh, I spoke before about the other types of love, uh, but uh, the most important part is the unconditional love. Is uh, in the case of Mark, how he loved uh, Marnie so much, uh, and he did everything for her, even though he saw all the damage, all the bad behavior, all the hurt, all the um, discouragement, all the rejection, all the aloofness everything he saw all that but he still loved her because uh, as as a as 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 a soulmate um, that he felt from day one that they were were uh, soulmates uh, as a soulmate he saw right through all of us uh, that uh, barriers and the shields that she had and um he saw right through her, he saw the light, and this is what we should be looking at uh, people, at uh, their light and not uh, their pain and suffering and all their insecurities and all the boundaries that they put up and the walls. Uh, so after all, we are one, uh, our lights, uh, our lights have to connect and certain lights are meant to be together. And uh, this is, uh, I would like to think, uh, this is my own interpretation of this movie, Marnie, that uh, they were meant to be these two beautiful lights, uh, Marnie and Mark. And even though um, he, he saw a lot of rejection in the beginning uh, he persisted and um, some people call it control but I don't see I, I don't see that uh, enslavement and control and no 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 because she, she eventually at the end of the story she stayed with him I always try to see the best side of the story the best uh, face it of uh, the ma uh, of the beautiful uh, diamond and I don't see any negativity I always think uh, the most ideal version of people and uh, this is how we have to be behave so at the end it was the unconditional love and I'm stressing that here the unconditional love that uh, Marnie felt for I'm um, sorry that um, Mark felt for Marnie and um, and then eventually she saw that and she fell in love with him as well even though she fell in love earlier but she was not allowing herself to see that uh, she was fighting uh, even in the case where she was about to grab the money she was fighting herself going back and forth and that was a metaphor also of her feelings as well that's what I see so it was a lovely love story although it was very intriguing very much uh, um, of a thriller and a lot of negativity and a lot of ugliness were in the story at the end everybody uh, lived happily ever after and even the mother the mother also even uh, the sister-in-law she saw the true love and she stayed away uh, from all the shenanigans that she was doing uh, for the couple so yes the deep unconditional love uh, this is the most important theme of the picture of this film okay unconditional love i'm stressing it again unconditional love okay did i say it enough yes yes that's the main uh, uh, message of this movie and because i love you too much and my love for you is unconditional i'm gonna throw in a couple of more films to watch these are some of my favorites so this is what I loved some of the films. So, uh, one of my favorite films is Cut on a Hot Tin Roof with Elizabeth Taylor and Paul Newman. Um, 
I love this film. Another film is um, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Okay. With Audrey Hepburn and George Papard. Another film that I really love is called uh, uh, Never on Sunday with Melina Mercuri and uh, Gilles Dassin. Love that film. And then uh, one most recent one is called Australia. Uh, with Nicole Kidman and Jack Hagman. Hugh Jackman, I'm sorry. Hugh Jackman. It's morning. I'm still having my cough, my darlings. So, um, yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. My love for you is unconditional and it's going to continue. And uh, I'm going to go on next with another magnificent, uh, entertaining uh, and... Uh, hopefully helpful um, podcast um, soon. I love you again. Bye. So darlings, uh, do you know that most of the time I give you an extra, extra, extra little bonus at the end of the podcast? Uh, Here's a little bonus. uh, you it's a huge bonus it's a huge diamond (laughs) so mark uh, in the movie uh, when he first uh, married uh, marnie um, by blackmail no less he gave her a huge diamond at the time he paid 41,000 6.5 carat uh, it was huge for the time in the 1960s so so he wanted to speak louder about his love and his clarity and his pureness of his intentions with a beautiful, huge, multifaceted diamond. So this is also another lesson here, my darlings, because diamonds speak louder than words. And uh, that's why men give women uh, the diamonds because uh, they're signifying uh, a lot more than uh, an actual piece of a rock. And, uh, This is also a very huge lesson for us to understand and um, appreciate. And uh, and this is a huge, this is a very huge diamond of a story here. The end. Uh